could have predicted that I would become a yoga teacher. Hi, I'm Manjuri Gopika. I am a passionate teacher and practitioner of yoga, and I'm here to share with you my personal journey with yoga and how it got me in touch with unlimited joy. My mission is to show you that yoga is right for every body, every gender, and every age, as well as provide you with the tools to live in rhythm with life and grow into your boldest, most authentic self. My story begins in 2011 in New York City, where I was an actress working by day in a hip New York City hotel. I had recently gone through a breakup. My confidence was at an all-time low. I had gained some weight. And truthfully, there was never anything that ever felt fun for me to do with my body. Growing up, I was so woefully uncoordinated that I was chosen last for every sports team in PE from grades one through 10, at which point PE was mercifully eliminated from my schooling. I remember the grade because I counted down the semesters until my misery would end. When I say I was chosen last for every sports team, I'm not exaggerating. I mean every sport. Dodgeball, capture the flag, basketball, softball, badminton, volleyball, soccer, bowling. It was a class that I dreaded because I knew I would face humiliation and feel shame and be ridiculed. My classmates could not count on me to make a play or to not screw up somebody else's. I can't say that I blame them. My right foot had no idea what my left elbow was doing. So I also don't think I need to explain to you how my dance lessons turned out. So over the years, I avoided athletics at all costs and I hated the gym. In 2011, my exercise consisted solely of walking to and from my destinations in New York City, and of course, up and down the subway stairs. There is something interesting about going through a heartache, whether that be grief over a loss or ending a relationship, in that you feel simultaneously stuck and open. In my moment of low confidence, I wanted to do something new, I felt that something in my life had to change. There was a yoga studio a couple of blocks from my apartment in Astoria. And I don't know how many times I passed by it before one day I just did it. I signed up for a yoga class. I remember I liked the chanting in the beginning and at the end. The yoga itself, it was hard work. But then again, so was everything else that I had ever done. I hobbled home after that first class, sat down on my Walmart futon, and fell asleep. And then the next day, I took another class. And another. But why? Why did I keep going back? I'll tell you, it didn't have anything to do with my body. It had to do with my mind. I realized there on my mat that sometimes the teacher would give an instruction, like, lift the right leg up. And I thought, okay, I'll probably fall. But then I would lift my right leg up and I didn't fall. At least not for a few seconds. I slowly realized that I was much more capable than what my mind would let me believe. And then I thought, if I had no idea that I could do this one thing, I wonder what else I can do that I'm not aware of. 
I began to look forward to yoga classes as an adventure and possibility. What really hooked me though with yoga is this. There is no such thing as winning or losing. There are no points. There is no success and there is no failure. You're not an amateur yogi and then you go pro. Everyone is a practitioner. No one is bad at yoga and no one is good at yoga. Everyone is practicing yoga. What healed me and over time transformed me into the best version of myself was having a place where I could go multiple times a week, where if I listened to the teacher and concentrated with all of my mind and gave all of the effort in my heart and offered to my mat the capacity that my body possessed that day, it was enough. It was more than enough. It was perfect. And finally, me being myself, giving my all was perfect. Yoga opened up for me a world of possibilities. Ten years later, I can say that I've traveled to India four times, studied with swamis, adopted and implemented bhakti yoga into my everyday life, studied alignment and philosophy with senior teachers in New York City. But most importantly, I have learned life lessons just from showing up on my yoga mat. Over the years, I've come to realize these three things. One, you are perfect and complete. You don't need to change who you are. You need to get in touch with who you truly are. The yoga texts tell us that all of us, you, are souls that are pure love, pure bliss, pure consciousness. The world has covered us in shoulds and haves and have-nots, and we add more suffering to our existence, but through comparison and criticizing. But you don't need to be anything other than who you are. And yoga gives you the tools to find your most authentic self. Two, hard just means hard. Newsflash, 90% of the thoughts going through your mind are, are opinions, not facts. Yoga is hard. It's challenging. You're moving your body in ways you never do in your everyday life. It takes effort. It takes concentration. But there doesn't need to be a story going along with it. It's just hard. You know what hard doesn't mean? It doesn't mean that you're a loser. This is stupid. You'll never improve. This is easy for everyone except you. You cannot learn in, grow from, or enjoy this experience. I often tell my yoga students, struggling does not mean that you are failing. Struggling means that you are doing your best. In fact, I have many memories of watching my yoga teacher do things with ease gracefully lifting to an arm balance, and then I would recreate it feeling like a lead slug, sweating, shaking, trembling, not getting off the ground the first dozen times I tried. But I learned that by working on hard things and taking agency in my body, whether or not I ended up in that arm balance, it didn't actually matter. I still felt good about myself. 
Heart just means heart. It has nothing to do with me. It's not personal. And three, balance is not a fixed point. Let's examine this through the lens first of a yoga pose. A balancing pose in yoga is one where one leg is on the ground and another leg is lifted in the air. For instance, tree pose. When, even when you're trying to remain still in a balance pose, you're never completely still. It's impossible. In tree pose, there's a standing leg and a lifted leg, as I described, but you have to press the lifted leg in tree pose into the standing leg and then press the standing leg back into the lifting leg. You're, wrap, you're wrapping your right glute around, you're wrapping your left glute around. Maybe you feel yourself leaning more of your weight to the left, so then you pull yourself more to the right, trying to find that self, uh, that, that balancing point in the middle. The, the breath is moving through your chest. You're not just holding it. So you're staying upright, you're doing it, you're balancing, but it's not mindless, it's not effortless. And guess what? It never will be. And not only is that okay, it's normal. There will never be a time in your life where you just luck into balance. Once in a while, there'll be some wind in your sails, but most of the time, you're going to have to row. Earlier on in my practice, I used to think, I'll just press things together and stay. You know what happened? Timber, because I wasn't making the adjustments that I needed to make. Just like in life, if you stick too hard to things, you don't find balance. Everything else around you crumbles. You have to establish your priorities, your non-negotiables, but you also have to be fluid about things. For instance, I have a young daughter, she's four, almost four and a half, my only child, my joy. I want her to know that she's important to me. She's a priority. So I play with her every single day. But on days where I have to commute to the office, I can only play for 30 minutes. On the weekends, I play for two hours. She's a priority always, but I have to move with the flow of my other responsibilities. And because I do that, I don't feel guilty. I know I'm doing the best that I can each day. In this way, yoga makes you flexible physically, emotionally, and mentally. So here I am 10 years later. I'm passionate about giving yoga to what I call real people. People like me with ordinary bodies, non-athletic backgrounds, non-dancers, because that is who yoga is for, everyone. My mission is to show every single person that I meet that yoga is for you. And yoga is not just about the poses. They are part of it. They are a vehicle of learning. But yoga is much more about shaping your inner world, about creating a vast landscape of possibility. My mission is not to teach the world how to do a handstand. My mission is to teach you that there is so much more to you than you ever thought possible. And if I can inspire just one person to try Trikonasana, to take 15 minutes for themselves, to breathe deeply and intentionally, then my soul is on fire. And that is what fills me with the deepest joy and fulfillment. 
I've learned from sharing my story that most people don't practice yoga because they have all of these preconceived notions that there's a, a criteria you have to meet in order to meet yoga. But then when they hear my story, they're inspired to try it. And that's what I want for you. My biggest dream is for everyone in the world to try yoga, even if it's only for 15 minutes. I know that the yoga journey is one that has the power to transform you and fill your life with meaning and joy because I have lived it. I'm still living it every day. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.